Welcome and thank you for taking the time to listen to the Word of God released through Randolph Barnwell. Randolph is the founder and senior elder of Gate Ministries Durban Central. Be encouraged to access free additional resources for your edification at randolphbonnell.com. Great grace, peace and mercy from Christ be multiplied to you as you listen to this teaching. The audio you are about to listen to is in two parts. The second part contains testimonies from three of our young people, Tori, Keegan and Rhea. And I trust that those testimonies will be a source of encouragement to you. The first part, which you are about to listen to, consists of ministry from three of our young people, Joash, who is 20 years old, and he will speak on the heart of giving. Kala, who is 15 years old, and she will speak on giving with a willing heart. And Gary, who is also 15 years old, and he will speak of giving from your best. I trust that you will be enriched by what they have to say. Well, I greet you, family, in the powerful name of our Lord and Savior. Just on behalf of Keller and Gareth, I'd like to say how humbled we are and that we don't take this opportunity lightly at all. So I'd just like to thank my dad for, this, for organizing this year and thank my spiritual parents for the opportunity to speak today. Um, you know, it's only by his grace and not by our own strength that we'll be able to impart accurately today. So, you know, how many of you believe that our youth has such a profound calling and grace over it. Amen? You believe that? So today, as you hear the word from Keller and, and Gareth and myself, may you please open up your hearts, not only to our grace, but to the grace coming from the youth. As Pastor Randolph has said in a, in a previous sermon, you are already positionally correct and, yeah, positionally correct and uh, postured in Christ. But you won't reach that estate unless you open up your hearts to the teachings of the Lord. So... May you please be richly blessed today by our teachings, and also may you open up your, your hearts to our teachings as well. So may you please turn to your neighbor and say, open up your hearts. So today's topic will tie into the overall theme of giving, something which Pastor Randolph has meticulously gone over in the past couple of weeks. And today we'll be looking at the heart of giving. Now what we'll be doing is systematically working through the three areas of developing a giving heart, giving with a willing heart, and then Gareth will go over uh, giving of your best. So if you'd please turn to me to the text reference, which is Exodus 35, verses 4 to 9, and then we'll read verses 20 to 29. So if you turn to that, Luke. So Moses said to all the congregation of Israelites, This is the thing that the Lord has commanded. Take from among you an offering to the Lord. Let whoever is of a generous heart bring the Lord's offering, gold, silver, and bronze, Blue, purple, and crimson yarns, and fine linen. Goat's hair, tanned ramskin, and fine leather. Acacia wood, oil for the lights, and spices for the anointing oil, and for the fragrant incense. And onyx stones and gems to be set in the ephod of the breastpiece. Then all the congregation of Israelites, this is verse 20. Then all the congregation of the Israelites withdrew from the presence of Moses, and they came. Everyone whose hearts were stirred, and everyone whose spirits were willing, and brought the Lord's offering to be used for the tents of the meeting, and for all its service, all for the sacred vestments. So they came, both men and women, all who were of willing hearts, brought brooches and earrings and signet rings and pendants, all sorts of gold objects. So everyone bringing an offering of gold to the Lord. 
and everyone who possessed blue or purple or crimson yarn, or fine linen, or goat's hair, or tanned ram skin, or fine leather brought them. Everyone who could make an offering of silver or bronze brought it as the Lord's offering. And everyone who possessed acacia wood uh, they also brought it as well. So all the skillful women spun with their hands and brought what they had spun in blue and purple and crimson yarns and fine linen. All the women whose hearts moved them to use their skill spun the goats here. And the leaders brought onyx stones and gems to be set in the ephod and the breastpiece, and the spices and oil for the lights, and for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense. All the Israelite men and women whose hearts made them willing to bring bring anything for the work that the Lord had commanded by Moses to be done, brought it as a free will offering to the Lord. So just a small background to this text. We see in chapter 34, the Moses making a covenant with the children of Israel and with, the, with God himself. And then this covenant was then written in the form of the Ten Commandments, which Moses then had the duty of relaying to the, the children of Israel. And now in verse 35, we see that the children of Israel are bringing items to build a tabernacle. And, well, those that are willing. So today, today I'll be dealing with the aspect of developing a giving heart. And now the heart of you are referring to your mind. And your mind being the center or the seeds of all your passions, your desires, your thoughts, your purpose, affection. And it's also the medium through which you interact with the, the world around you and also with the body of Christ. So now we know the posture of your heart is extremely important. So now a good posture obviously accelerating your growth in God and your spirit man. And a bad posture impeding your ability to obey God's word and understand it as well. And... A bad posture can also lead to a lack of perception of grace within a grace carrier. So that'll further hinder your growth spiritually. Amen? Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Just see if you're engaging. It's okay. So, so we're going to ask ourselves this question. How do we obtain the attitude God wants us to have when we go about giving? Firstly, we want to look at the spiritual level of our hearts. So God is, God is more interested in our willingness to give than the actual amount or the numerical value of our wealth. Okay, Pastor Randolph did say in his sermon last week that significant offerings are accompanied by significant grace and significant um, blessings from the Lord. But God is more concerned with the accuracy of your giving as well. So example being the 10% from tithings. But he does look at what is in your heart when you do go about giving. So I would like to look at a, a portion of scripture. You don't have to turn to it if you don't want to. So Corinthians 9 verses 7, you must, e you must each decide in your heart how much to give, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person that gives cheerfully. So I just want to read that again. You must each decide in your heart how much to give, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person that gives cheerfully. And I'll come back to this portion of scripture and elaborate on that because there's a few attitudes I want to extrapolate from that. So as we've learned in a, from Pastor Randolph, <laughs> giving out of an, in, an inaccurate mindset can lead to significant penalties. So now, your reason for imparting grace into someone should be to impart the spirits into that person's life and not just for, for self-gain or to impress anyone at all. So this is where the aspect of spiritual maturity comes in because you have to know when to give and also allow the spirit to lead you and orchestrate your actions rather than having your soul man um, debates and then weigh out the costs of your, you know, of your, of your blessing or your giving. So in essence, the more time you give to debates, 
equals an increase in the reluctance to give. So now what we have to do is decide on a correct path and lead our hearts down that path. So now, again, our heart follows our treasure. And a very common portion of scripture, being Matthew 6 verse 21, where your treasure is, there will your heart also be. So now if I want my heart to be concerned with the things of God, then I need to invest in his work. Understand? So now prioritizing his principles should be a stepping stone into cultivating an attitude of accurate giving. So now what I want to go back to is that verse of scripture, Corinthians 9 verse 7. Over here. I'll read it once more. So you must each decide in your hearts how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person that gives cheerfully. So now the first point I would like to look at is giving thoughtfully. Now the most important spiritual kind of giving when you think about it, is when you actually think about it, then you pray about it, and then lastly, when you make a conscious decision in your mind. So now this action, again, is mindful and very conscious. Okay. So what we want to do is we want to avoid giving impulsively, because that can also lead to inaccurate giving. And when you give, God wants you to impart into someone's life, and he wants it to be important and meaningful. So now coming to a mindful decision is key, because... Um, Anything we plan in life is always meticulously planned and taken, and we take it aside to, 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 go, to go ahead and plan for that action, I mean. And so, as we can see in the scripture over here, Exodus uh, 35, Israel came systematically and they, they were also very thoughtful in the way they gave. Mm. They're very deliberate as well. Yeah. But as we can see that they were also very generous in their giving. Yeah. Okay. So in Exodus it says, let whoever is of a generous heart bring the Lord's offering. So now, our heart governs uh, generosity. And it can't be physically, we can't be physically generous if the generosity of our heart isn't sincere and accurate. Yeah. You know, reading through the scripture throughout the week, you just get a sense of how much this tests you as a speaker. And, um, yeah. Whenever you see a big on the road or you see someone just every day in, in, in activity, you just get a sense of how much it actually tests you, and you just have to obey and hear God. But again, you must, you must be from God and not just uh, from pressure from other people as well. Okay. And secondly, I would like to look at giving enthusiastically. So now we shouldn't feel compelled to give if we feel that we're going to be punished by God because we just didn't give. Okay. We should be able to give because we know God is going to bless us and is going to do, is going to do something big in our hearts once we, we become a generous person. So just like how David said, I believe it's Psalms 122 verses 1, I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us, go, uh, let us go to the house of the Lord. So now over here, David was very interested in God's word, and the drive after his father was obviously evident. So now exactly like David was, we should be enthusiastic and passionate as he was, okay? Now how many of us are as passionate to come to, uh, to church on a Sunday? So we know that we'll be in his presence, so exactly, every time we come into his presence, we should be a zeal and a fighting to get to him. Now, how much do you strive after his teachings as well? Um, and, exa and exactly again, are you excited to give? Now, in Psalms 32, verse 11, it says, Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing, all uh, you who are upright in heart. So now, via passion 
isn't placid and quiet. Yes. So it shows forth. Yes. Example being, I'll give an example of sports, a sportsman. You put the hours in and also you put the, the time, but yeah, same thing. And, uh, <laughs> and that's, that obviously shows forth in your, your skill and your, um, you know, on the field or your playing. Um, so, or okay, can we have another example of your supp uh, supporting a soccer team? When your, when your soccer team scores a goal or something, you don't sit there and go, oh, they scored a goal. <laughs> you, you stand up and you actually get excited about it. So that's your passion, okay? Unless you support Man United. <laughs> so yeah. And the last, uh, well, the third point I'd like to look at is given voluntarily. So anytime you're pressured to give, or you're pressured by a person to give, you shouldn't give. Because God's not going to bless it anyway. But every time you feel challenged by God to give, that's when you give. Okay? So you must hear for the voice of God. So now, again, there's no force, there's no pressure, but a hardened heart is a forced heart. And that a hardened heart comes with the, the forcefulness that a person uh, puts on you. So now there shouldn't be any persuasion or manipulation from anyone. So now in Exodus, the, the command was given uh, to voluntarily give. And we see that there's a willingness from the children of Israel to actually go forth and give what they had. Yeah. And again, like I said earlier, they were very generous and uh, they, were very, they were very generous in their giving. Okay. Then lastly, I'd like to look at the giving, uh, giving cheerfully, which is the fourth point. So give with joy. So one of the Greek words for offering, <laughs> offering is the word hilarious. God wants you to enjoy giving to him and giving to others as well. There shouldn't be a drag to give at any point in time. So sometimes it's a challenge to be cheerful when God's challenging you to give. Like I said earlier today, um, you know, throughout the week, you do get challenged to give. So sometimes it's not easy giving, and you're not very happy parting with any money. <laughs> I would lie to you, but yeah, um, you have to give cheerfully. So whenever you feel that way, just remind yourself of the benefits that God wants you, that God wants to do in our hearts. There's always something better in God. So now, let's ask ourselves this question. Why be generous? Okay, so over here it creates community in the corporate house as well as, well as in the, the secular world. It defeats materialism. Mm. Attached to money defeats that. It strengthens your faith, and it invests, it's an investment for eternity. Yeah. And now, like I said, it blesses you in return. There's always something more from God that you get after you bless. And it makes you more like God as well. Okay. So the aim of, of, of blessing someone is to impart grace into them that's from God. Okay. And again, lastly, we just want to be joyful and excited to give. So again, the four points that I'll be looking at, well, I just gave right now, was given thoughtfully or mindfully, which is a conscious decision, then cheerfully, which is the last point, and then we had voluntarily and enthusiastically. And what's going to happen now is that, what's going to happen now is the, the next speaker will come up and look at the points of giving with a willing heart. And this will be Keller, if she, if she may come up right now. Um, and she will extrapolate on the points of giving with the willing hearts. Good morning, family. <laughs> Isn't that a wonderful day today? Yes. Okay. Well, as Joash said, I'm going to be talking about giving with the willing heart. 
And after we develop a giving heart, we have to have the willingness and we have to want to give. And that's where the willingness comes in. So can we just go to Exodus 35 verse 5 quickly? Take from among you an offering to the Lord. Whoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it as an offering to the Lord. Gold, silver, and bronze. And then can we go to verse 20? And all the congregation of the children of Israel departed from the presence of Moses. Then everyone came whose heart was stirred and everyone whose spirit was willing. And they brought the Lord's offering from the work of the tabernacle of meeting for all its service and for the holy garments. They came, both men and women, as many as had a willing heart and brought earrings and nose rings and rings and necklaces, all jewelry of all gold, that is, every man who made an offering of gold to the Lord. And every man who were with whom was found blue, purple, and scarlet thread, fine linen, goat's hair, red skins of rams, and badger skins brought them. Then can we go to verse 26? And all the women whose hearts stirred with wisdom spun yarn of goat's hair. And then to verse 29. The children of Israel brought a freewill offering to the Lord. All the men and women whose hearts were willing to bring material for all kinds of work, which the Lord by the hand of Moses had commanded to be done. Okay, so as you can see in verse 20, it says that all the congregation, it doesn't just say the congregation, it says all the congregation. So that means all of them, every single one of them, they departed from Moses' presence, they went back to their tents, and they planned their giving. They had the willingness, and they planned their giving. So God, he desires planned giving and not impulsive giving. But sometimes God also likes spontaneous giving, and that's only if we are led by the Holy Spirit. And I mean, we see that all the time with Uncle Randolph, and he gives away his watches spontaneously. We can learn from that. Um, yeah, so God desires planned giving and not impulsive giving. And also, it didn't matter to God what type of offerings they brought to him. It mattered how their, how their hearts were positioned and postured. And how their hearts were postured, it says that their hearts were stirred and their spirits were willing. Okay, so I just want to go now into the Greek and Hebrew meanings of hearts and then the Hebrew meanings of willing and giving. So hearts, you probably know this already, but I want to teach you something new today because I know that most of you probably already know what I'm saying. But I want to teach you, I want to teach you something new today. So um, heart, the Greek word for heart is cardia, and that's where the word cardiovascular comes from. And it's the thoughts or feelings. And your heart refers to your mind. So your heart isn't necessarily this organ right here that pumps the blood and uh, oxygenates your deoxygenated blood. It is your mind. And then the Hebrew meaning for willing is nadab. And it's the primi primitive root to volunteer and to volunteer as a soldier. And that's important, to present spontaneously and to offer freely to do something self-willingly. And then the Hebrew word for giving is Nathan, and that's Nathan. So the name Nathan. And Nathan also means I will give or to be given. That's so powerful. That is so powerful. So turn to your neighbor and say, be a Nathan in the spirits. Yes. <laughs> Nathan. And it also means um, to give, uh, it's a primitive root to give used with great latitude of application. And that means, latitude of application means doing it with great thought. So again, like I said, 
God desires planned giving and not um, impulsive giving. Okay, and can we just turn to Philippians 2 verse 14 and 15? Okay, it says, Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God, without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. Now, can we go back to verse 14? It says, do all things, not some things. It says, do all things without complaining and disputing. So give willingly without complaining and disputing. Yes, okay, and then somebody in the Bible who gave generously, who gave willing, willingly, was um, Cornelius. And if we can go to Acts 10 quickly. Cornelius was a centurion of what was uh, called the Italian regiment. And he was a devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms to gen- generously to the people and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. Okay, so Cornelius was a generous man and God blessed him. God saw that he was generous. He blessed him and how he blessed Cornelius was he saved his whole household. And that's so important to remember because sometimes we, we, when we give, we, we're not only blessing the person that we're giving, we're also saving people around us that we might not even be aware of. And that also ties into Philippians 2 verse 15 where it, it mentions us being the light in this world. Yeah, it says, um, among whom you shine as lights in the world. So by us giving willingly, we will evidently be the light to the world and light to somebody else's life. Okay, so, and if we fail to obey this principle quickly, we will be robbing somebody of their, their blessing. If we overthink things and we aren't, but we also have to be led in the spirit we can't just want to do something, and if it's not led, then God is not going to bless it, right? So I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you an example of what happened to me last week Sunday. Okay, um, we went out for lunch after church, and uh, we had finished our lunch, right? And I was sitting there, I was a little bit bored, I was playing, I was playing with my bracelet, this bracelet, yeah. And then I was just all of a sudden feeling led to give away my bracelet, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, there's nobody in the restaurant for me to get my bracelet to. And then I turn my head, I turn my head up again, and then I see this whole family coming in. And in this family, there's a girl my age. And I was observing them. It looks like they had just come from church. And they she was wearing plain clothes. She didn't have a bracelet on either of her wrists. She wasn't even she was wearing a necklace, but she wasn't wearing a bracelet. So I was like, okay, Lord, what are you saying to me? And um <laughs> Then I told my dad, because I was like, Dad, I don't know what to do. And then he said, well, if you're feeling led to do it, then just do it. And then he said, but you also don't want to attract attention to yourself. Now, I didn't want to do that because she had a big family. And I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) So I didn't end up doing it. And because I didn't, I robbed her of a blessing. And there's something, I'm, I'm telling you this because I want you to learn from it. Whenever you're feeling led, just do it. Don't overthink it. Just do it. Right, and um, if you can just go to Isaiah 1 verse 19. Okay, it says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Right, but if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. It's that, that speaks for itself. I don't have to say anything else. 
with the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So don't rebel. Don't rebel. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, don't rebel. <laughs> um, okay. I just, I want to do something quickly. Josh, can you hold this for me? I just saw it and I was like, ha, <laughs> I can't be talking about giving with a willing heart and not demonstrate it after the story I just told you. Turn to your neighbor and say, be a happy, happy, generous person. <laughs> yes. Okay, can we go to Psalms 110 verse 3? Okay, so I'm going to read this out and then afterwards I want you all to say this with me. Okay, I'm just going to read it out first. It says, your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power. In the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning, you have the dew of your youth. Now, I want us all to say this together, but instead of saying your people, and uh, you're going to say we gate ministries, and then at the end where it says you have, um, I mean, it says, uh, yeah, we gate ministries have the dew of our youth. Okay, okay, so let's say it together. We gate ministries shall be volunteers in the day of our power, in the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning. We gate ministries have the dew of our youth. Amen. And there's a declaration that I want you all to make. That is a declaration that we're making. We gate ministries, us together, because we can't leave one person behind. As it said, as I said in the beginning, all the congregation, not just the congregation, all of them. So we've got to do this together. We've got to be willing and have open hearts and want to give, want to give. And um, uh, after we develop a giving heart and we get the willingness right, we've got to give right. We can't be like Ananias and Sapphira and give wrong. I mean, we don't want to do that. That's where Gary is going to come and he's going to tell us about giving of our best. Okay, good morning, family. Trust that you are well. Okay, as we've already heard that when we give, we should not give half-heartedly, but as Kella said, willingly. And when we give, we should not give just because we have an excess of that something, but because we have the best of it. Just as the widow gave her best to Elijah, even though she was facing a time of famine and drought, and because she, have gi she gave her best to Elijah, during the time of drought, she did not run out of flour and oil and was sustained during the time of drought. So I would just like to uh, read the text again, uh, Exodus 35, verse 20 to 29. It says, Then all the congregation of the Israelites withdrew from the presence of Moses, and they came, everyone whose heart was stirred, and everyone whose heart or spirit was willing and brought the Lord's offering to be used from the tent meeting and for all its services and for the sacred vestments. So they came, both men and women. All who were of a willing heart brought brooches and earrings and signet rings and pennants and all sorts of gold objects, everyone bringing an offering of gold to the Lord. And everyone who possessed blue or purple or crimson yarn or fine linen of goat's hair or tan ramskin of fine leather brought them. Everyone who could make an offering of silver or bronze brought it as the Lord's offering. And everyone who possessed acre wood 
of any use in the work, brought it. All the skillful women spun with their hands, and brought what they had spun in blue and purple and crimson yarns and fine linen. All the women whose hearts were moved to use their skills spun the goat's hair, and the leaders brought oxen stone gems to be set in the ephod and the breast piece, and spices and oil for the light, and for the anointing oil, and for the fragrance incense. And the Israelites, men and women, whose heart made them willing to bring anything for the work of the Lord, had been commanded by Moses to be done, brought it as free willing for offering to the Lord. So I'll just like to highlight a few points. It says, whose hearts were stirred, whose hearts were willing, all whose hearts were brought brooches, earrings, signet rings, pennants, and all sorts of gold. It says, the old, also uh, the woman, the skillful woman spun with their hands and brought it as a free willing offering to the Lord. So what does it mean to give off your best? Well, the word best in the English dictionary can also be known as someone's finest, someone's greatest, something that is second to none, something that surpasses the expectations of others, but most importantly, something that is perfect. And that's what I think we all should strive to be, perfect in our giving and our loving. The best, the best example of giving through love is God himself. I mean, he gave his only begotten son to pay for our sins so that we may have salvation. As we all know, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. One of the ways in which we give off our best is through our tithes, offerings, and first fruits. As we know during the kingdom economic series that Pastor has been going through, one of the best examples is Barnabas, who sold his piece of land and gave everything. I mean, just look at this guy. Some of us struggle to give 10%, where he has given 100% of his blessings. In Malachi 1, the Israelites were supposed to give their best to God, but instead they brought their blemished livestock. Today we also defile God by giving inaccurately and by not giving our best. Another way in which we give back to God is through our time, whether it be in the word or in prayer. Like Daniel in Daniel 6.10, who, in Daniel in Daniel 6.10, who gave his best to God by praying three times a day, although a decree had been signed that prayer should only be given to the king. However, he was not faced, and God was his savior during this time of destruction. So turn to your neighbor and ask them, how is your prayer life? We can also give our best through the words we say. We, we know that our words can either build up or break down a person. I always say that words are like toothpaste. Once it's out, it cannot be put back in. So you choose whether, whether you want to encourage a person to seek God and be the sower who sows the God's word. Another way in which we give up our best is through our special abilities and talents. In the text, we see how the woman spun the yarn to give as an offering to God. It's the same with you. Whatever your skill or ability might be, you can use it to give the best to God. A giving heart can only be developed if you are obedient to what God is telling you to do and if you truly are an accurate representation of His Word. If you want to be blessed by God, you need to exceed what is expected of you. 
no matter who you are, always try to do, always try to do more than the minimum and do your best. So family, I hope that today we have encouraged you to develop a giving heart where we give thoughtfully, cheerfully, enthusiastically, and voluntarily. And once we have obtained that giving heart, we will also learn to give willingly. And when we give willingly, we will always give nothing more than the best. So just want you all to remember, do your best and let God do the rest. The speakers just like to confer a blessing over the household as well. Uh, you may please stand. All of you, please raise your hands. Father God, we come before you, Lord. And we thank you for your grace and, Father God, for your favor over us. We submit and we honor you, Father God. We declare over this house a greater grace of giving. Father God, this house will be blessed because of the giving, because of giving wholeheartedly, Father God. Yes, Father God. We declare purity of heart and a soundness of mind in all our giving, Father God. We declare an excitement, enthusiasm, and a passion to give. And Father God, we declare over this house that all our giving will be from our hearts, Father. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this privilege that we, we can receive grace for you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We declare willingness to give over this, heart, this house, Lord. Help us open our hearts, Lord, and only do things for you and not for our personal gain, but to be a blessing to others, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Lord, help us to be volunteers. Help us to be nobly, give nobly and willingly, Lord, generously, and be ready. Everything that we do is for you and only you. In Jesus' name. Yes, Father, we thank you, Lord. We ask, Lord, that you fill our hearts with joy and excitement to give, O oh Lord, that we not only give off our excess, Lord, but give off our best, our best possession, Lord, Lord, and we declare that this house will lack nothing, that we will always give at best, whatever levels it may be in, Lord. We declare that your word be given to us, Lord, that we will always be grace on top of grace, O oh God. We declare a commitment and consistency in our giving over this house, O oh God. We pray and declare this in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, church. I'd just like to take this opportunity to thank Pastor Randolph for allowing us to do this and also to thank Uncle Sean for guiding us, okay? You know, um, for a while, I had been carrying hurts and pains, well, unnecessary hurts and pains um, that had been caused by absent people and close family members. And I found it difficult to connect with other people, you know? I wasn't very open um, and I felt as if those hurts had been, had caused like a wall to form around my heart until I just wasn't really happy anymore. Um, you know, dealing with these issues, they're not easy. They're difficult and it takes time. So I just refused to deal with it, okay? Um, you know, I always thought vulnerability, it just, it isn't for me. You know, I just suck it up, lift my head up high and carry on with life. Um, but I came to a point where, you know, I just had to deal with it, okay? Because, you know, your emotional state as a person, it's really important. Um, it affects the way you deal with circumstances, and it affects the way you actually look at life. 
okay? So what really helps is talking to a person or to a wise somebody, you know, and also deep prayer where you just let go and let God, you know? You just have to let go of all those hurts and all those pains um, and you let God work in you and cleanse you, okay, and wash it all away. Um, um, you know, we're always told we have to forgive, which is important. You do have to forgive. But you also have to deal with the sting that is left behind by the actions of those people. Otherwise, it can be, you know, really restricting. Um, and you won't grow into the person that God wants you to be. Okay? Um, so I just want to thank God and give all glory to God for healing me and for cleansing me. And, you know, as Isaiah says, surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Good morning, family. I'd first like to take this opportunity to thank my spiritual parents, Pastor Ranoff and Aunt Renee, for giving me this opportunity to share my testimony. But as you know, I'm in first year, second year university, and you know, growing up as a teenager, I went through a lot of uh, struggles personally in my life. One of them was I was very disobedient to my parents, and I didn't want to admit it, but I was very arrogant. And, you know, you go through changes as a teenager because life is very difficult as a teenager nowadays. It's not how it was back then. And, you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, I used to go to this motion where, because of my disobedience, I used to come to church every Sunday where, for me, it just became a routine. I didn't capture any word. I wasn't really paying attention. It was more like, okay, I just go to church because, you know, it's part of a Sunday. It's you know, a normal Sunday meeting. You come to church. But, you know, as I realized with disobedience, there's a lot of consequences. Yeah. And you realize that in your life. Mm. It doesn't just affect you because it was affecting my social life. It was affecting my academics. And I refused to admit it because I, had, I was very arrogant. And as it says in the Bible, God opposes the proud. Right. And you realize that because you think you do not test God's word. So, you know, as I came and listened to the message, you know, I decided to bring about change in my life because I was tired of living this way. You know, her disappointment, hurt, continuous lows throughout my life. So, you know, as I came to Pastor Randolph preach, like, the word, you know, about the prodigal son, that was how I, I was a prodigal son in my life. I had to come back to God. And I can tell you right now, as a youth, if you put yourself in God's word, he can do marvelous and miraculous things in your life. I was able to turn my marks around and actually get a place in university one week before registration. I was able to get a place. And we as youth can use this as examples. Even if you're struggling academically, pray before you write a test. Pray before you study because these things work. They're not just there for say. It can really change your life. And all I want to say is, youth, you know, stick to God's word and be obedient. And everything you desire will be given to you. Amen. Amen. Morning, family. I would also like to say thank you to Pastor Randolph and Auntie Renee for giving all the youth this opportunity to share grace upon the church. And I would also like to say thank you to Uncle Sean and Auntie Fee because we know without them we would never be able to stand up here and speak. <laughs> never. Um, I remember, I think it was last year or the year before, my dad said to me that he's coming down for my birthday. And I was ecstatic now because I thought this is the first time that he's actually going to spend my birthday with me. It was really exciting. And then I remember, like, it was a few days after he called and he said that he couldn't. And I was heartbroken because it was like false hope. 
and he said that work wasn't permitting him to come. So I was like, oh, well, it's work. You can't change it. You have to work. It's part of life. So on that same day, I went home, and I remember I got on my knees and I prayed, and I asked God, please bring my dad home. I want to see him. So he did that there. Because a couple of days after that day, I remember, he showed up on the day he was supposed to show up. And I was just so ecstatic. And I'm thinking now, all it took was to ask God. That's all it took. We were living in two different continents. There was an ocean between us. But he came home. And I remember a verse... Matthew 21, verse 2, it says, And whatever things you ask for in prayer, believing you will receive. Thank you.